Well, good morning, it's really good to see you. Congratulations on getting through the, uh, the rain this morning on this very wet uh, Sunday morning. And uh, welcome to you who are with us uh, streaming from all over the place, including Ken Stewart, who's uh, way up at Port Macquarie. Uh, it's great to have you here. Uh, this morning, our first song is a song in which we call each other to rejoice that Jesus is in charge of everything. And then we remind each other of all the reasons why it's so good to have Jesus in charge of everything. So would you like to stand as we sing, Rejoice, the Lord is King.
was worth coming to church just to sing together like that, wasn't it? To lift our hearts and thanks for your encouragement to me as you sang. Uh, welcome again to uh, St Matthew's uh, here in the building. Uh, this marks week three uh, of our return to the building and it's so good to see you. And it's so good to know that those of you who weren't able to be with us this morning uh, are there online and uh, welcome to you as well. Uh, we're in uh, week three of uh, being back in the building and we're well into our series uh, from the central chapters of the book of Acts. Uh, so there's lots of things to look forward to this morning, singing again, notwithstanding through masks. Um, Scott uh, Petty will be bringing us the message of God's word uh, from Acts chapter 18. Uh, the, in the Christian life and in Christian witness, there are joys and there are difficulties and, and we need to learn to persevere and there's much encouragement to persevere in the Christian life and in Christian mission this morning as Scott brings us that message. I should have said, by the way, uh, for those of you who are new or visiting, uh, for those who, who may be on, online for the first time, my name's Andrew Graham. I'm one of the ministers here at St Matthew's. And what we're going to do now is we're going to turn to the Lord in prayer. Firstly, with a prayer of preparation for the rest of our service here this morning, then with a prayer of confession, and then we'll be saying together the words of Psalm 103, uh, in which we deliberately call to mind the blessings of God. Let's though begin with this prayer of preparation. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord, amen. And let's say this confession together. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have gone our own way, not loving you as we ought, nor loving our neighbour as ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word and deed, and in what we have failed to do. We deserve your condemnation. Father, forgive us. Help us to love you and our neighbour and to live for your honour and glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Uh, reciting psalms together has been a part of Anglican services uh, for 500 years. And so we've got one now, parts of it to recite together. Psalm 103. And amongst the many blessings that we deliberately recall, there is one which is so reassuring after we've just prayed a prayer of confession when it says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Please join me as we read from Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbour his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. 
As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed, he remembers that we are dust. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, all his work everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. Our God is good indeed. Uh, it's time just to catch you up on uh, some notices uh, from St Matthew's. Firstly, particularly for those of you who may be new or visiting or online for the first time, uh, a welcome again to you. It's great to have you here at St Matthew's. Uh, when you're ready, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, one way that you could let us know that you've been with us is to use the online Connect card. Uh, there's a QR code up behind me there. Although, of course, if you're here in the building, you could just come and say hello to me or to one of the welcomers. We'd love to meet you if we haven't done that already. And uh, we'd love to chase up with you through the week and add um, to the welcome from this morning. Uh, of course, during the week, if there's uh, for some reason uh, that you need to be in contact with us, uh, the office is open during business hours. You could call or send emails there. And uh, we'd love to hear from you if there's any way in which we can be helpful to you. Well, we're well into the Beyond series uh, now. I think we've just got one more week of it. And one feature of the Beyond series has been the profiling of some of our mission partners. And this month, the month of November, we're doing what we can to raise funds for them so that they're well supported going into uh, next year. Now, one of the lovely things uh, about um, being a part of this appeal is hearing some news for them. And uh, it was wonderful to hear from a number of them this uh, last week. Today we're going to hear from uh, Mark Collins and the team out at Marsden Park Anglican Church. We've been in partnership with the church there since it began five years ago. It's such a rapidly expanding part of Sydney. It's been an exciting thing, thing for us to be involved. Let's hear from Mark uh, and, and the team at um, Marsden Park. Welcome from Life Anglican Church, Marsden Park. And today, this is our second service back, and we're meeting under the cola at Richard Johnson Anglican mm. School. Uh, it's so fantastic uh, that St Matthew's Manly have supported us since 2016, before we actually even had our first service on the 2nd of April, 2017. Now, what's happened since then? Well, God has been very, very kind to us. Uh, we started with a launch team of 50 people, and just before this lockdown, we had 120 people meeting in two services. So that's a fantastic growth, and as we know, God gives the growth. What's next for us? Well, we started our, our, our road back from our last lockdown by meeting out here in this well-ventilated area. However, we'll be soon moving into a, another hall in the school. Now, we used to meet in that sm a small double classroom, and I'm sure a few... that 
St. Matthew's Manly have supported us since 2016, before we actually even had our first service on the 2nd of April, 2017. Now, what's happened since then? Well, God has been very, very kind to us. Uh, We started with a launch team of 50 people, and just before this lockdown, we had 120 people meeting in two services. So that's a fantastic growth. And as we know, God gives the growth. What's next for us? Well, we started our, our, our road back from our last lockdown by meeting out here in this well-ventilated area. However, we'll be soon moving into a, another hall in the school. Now, we used to meet in that sm- a small double classroom, and I'm sure if you've been part of past mission teams from St. Matthew's Manly, you'd know that spot. We're no longer there. We'll be moving into our own hall, and that should be fantastic because it gives us ro- room to allow more people to come and hear the life-saving message of Jesus. But the future is better because right now, New churches for new communities are raising funds for our own building here in Marsden Park. We have the land purchased. The MPC did that many, many years ago. But now a building's going to take shape. The Growth Corporation, well, they've submitted the plans to Blacktown Council. They're getting feedback. They're about to get contracts drawn up. And God willing, late 2022, we'll have the first sod turned on the church property and building will commence there and we'll be in our own building in 2023. The other great news is our future is a provisional parish. Already underway with the Western Regent is we're putting plans together for Marsden Park to become its own parish. And we're excited by this because that just allows us to grow God's kingdom more in this area. And that will happen, God willing, next year as well. Friends, we're just really thankful for the support of St. Matthew's Manly. And we look forward to continuing support in the future. It's wonderful that you could hear this video today. If you've got any questions, please contact me, uh, mark at lifeac.org.au, and I'd love to talk more. But thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for all that you've done to see God's kingdom grow here in this northwest area of Sydney. Bye for now. We need churches like Marsden Park, Anglican Church, all over that rapidly growing western edge and southwestern edge of uh, Sydney. And it's really a wonderful thing that we can be partners with Marsden Park Anglican, as well as with our other mission partners uh, across Australia and across the world. Uh, Our target for this month is to raise $120,000 for the support of our mission partners. And we're well underway with that, about halfway uh, through the month earlier in the week with $40,000 having been raised, but there's still a way to go. Uh, So if you're in a position to be able to contribute towards that, uh, it would be wonderful to do that before the end of the month. And there's a little card that you may be sitting on or you may have seen as you sat down, uh, which will give you ready access uh, to being able to make a straightforward uh, donation uh, towards our mission partners. We encourage you to take uh, that step. And if you're not a, a website or QR code kind of person, 
Uh, you could just bring an envelope next week and mark it mission or call the office uh, to make a direct transfer in some other way. Uh, but praise God for this privilege and please God would you raise up the funds to make sure that our, uh, our partners are well supported through the generous giving of people here at St Matthew's. Uh, we're going to um, come, come to God in prayer. Uh, Trish is going to lead us. Thank you Trish. Thanks, Andrew. It's so wonderful that we can come to God, our Lord in prayer and that Jesus made it possible. Let's bow our heads now. Heavenly Father, we come to you now in humility and awe, knowing that you are the creator of all things mighty and small. Help us to be patient and obedient as we wait upon your perfect timing, for we know that in all things you work for the good of those who love you. Help us to trust in your overall sovereignty. Lord, we pray this week for the judicial system of our nation, that those who serve would have wisdom and integrity so that they will administer the law with justice and equity. We pray that these leaders will be working towards the well-being of all individuals and society. Father, we pray for all the Christians working in these areas. May they serve you faithfully and may your name be honoured. And now for our mission partners in Marsden Park, Rachel and Mark Collins. Lord, as we pray for your church to grow across the city of Sydney, we thank you for our partnership with Life Anglican Church. We praise you for establishing the church through the leadership of Mark and the team. Father, we pray for our brothers and sisters there that they may grow to love you more and more, believing in your word humbly seeking you in prayer and displaying a love for each other that shines out to everyone. Please move them to share the message of the gospel with their neighbours, families and friends and may their hearts be open to your word. May your name be honoured right across that rapidly growing part of Sydney. For our St Matthew's community, Lord, we bring before you all those in pastoral leadership here at St Matt's especially those who oversee and care for the staff team. We pray for those leading growth groups and youth and children's ministry. Thank you for their willingness and faithfulness to serve. Keep them close to you while strengthening their minds and hearts to seek you every day in fellowship, especially in times of busyness and stress. May our angels surround them and protect them from every kind of temptation and evil. Give them wisdom and bless them through times of hardship with the joy of faithfully serving you. Heavenly Father, help us to grow in wisdom and maturity in our Lord Jesus Christ. Please make us people of prayer and thankfulness and fill us with all joy and peace in believing. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're now going to join in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. We're now going to going to stand and sing our next song. 
And just a reminder, this is the collection song, and if you're a visitor here today, be free, feel free to let the collection first pass by you. Thanks. church this morning and to give a Bible reading from Acts chapter 18 and I'll be reading the verse first 17 verses of that chapter and it can be found on page 1112 of our church Bibles so can I encourage you to follow the reading as I give it by way of introduction uh, in the previous chapter chapter 17 the Apostle Paul, having arrived in Athens, saw a city full of idols. He preached the good news about Jesus and the resurrection, resulting in a few men who became believers. In this chapter, Paul leaves Athens and goes to Corinth. 
Acts chapter 18, verse 1. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a, a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. But when the Jews opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, your blood be on your own heads. I am clear of my responsibility. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Then Saul left the synagogue and went next door to the house of Titius Justus, a worshipper of God. Crispus, the synagogue ruler, and his entire household believed in the Lord. And many of the Corinthians who heard him believed and were baptised. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you. And no one is going to attack and harm you. Because I have many people in this city so Paul stayed for a year and a half, teaching them the word of God. While Gallio was proconsul in Archaea, the Jews made a united attack on Paul and brought him into court. This man, they charged, is persuading the people to worship God in ways contrary to the law. Just as Paul was about to speak, Gallio said to the Jews, if you Jews were making a complaint about some misdemeanor or serious crime, it would be reasonable for me to listen to you. But since it involves questions about words and names and your own law, settle the matter yourselves. I will not be a judge of such things. So he had them rejected, ejected from the court. Then they all turned to Sothenes, the synagogue ruler, and beat him in front of the court. But Gallio showed no concern whatsoever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, thanks, David, and uh, good morning, everyone. And good morning to uh, all of you who are online as well. Hope everyone's in good spirits and a good mood. If you could keep your Bibles open to Acts chapter 18, that would be a great help to me. I'll pray as you do that, then we'll get underway. Heavenly Father, we recognise our need to persevere. We need your help to do that. Even this morning, as we consider your scriptures, speak to us through them. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know about you, but uh, I feel tired. <laughs> could just be that it's the uh, back half of November and it's been a, a long slog this year, hasn't it? 
Uh, being at home with my uh, sons through a long lockdown of low-level squabbles about screen time and homework whilst trying to get on with my own work. Well, everyone knows what that feels like, but I don't think it's just that. And it's not a physical fatigue either. I don't go to bed too late. I uh, get enough hours. I eat pretty well and exercise plenty. I think it might be more spiritual than physical. Sometimes the Christian life can feel tiring. It's an examined life, isn't it? Where we're constantly evaluating our thoughts and our motives and our behaviours and our desires. It's an outward and an upward life where we consistently reorient our thoughts and our deeds towards God's will for our lives and the needs of others. It it can be tiring, is all I'm saying. Sometimes I find myself daydreaming about living an unexamined life where I don't think about anyone other than myself and my family and what we're going to do on the weekend, where we're next going to go on holidays. You know, America is experiencing something called the Great Resignation, where up to 40% of the US workforce is considering leaving their jobs, moving on to something else. Mark McCrindle of McCrindle Research thinks the Great Resignation will hit Australian shores in about March next year, assuming that we continue to beat a path out of the coronavirus cloudiness of the past two years. Sometimes it feels like there's a great resignation from the Christian faith. We have a general sense of weariness and are looking for something, but we're not quite sure what it is. Well, today's passage combats any such resignation, any such fatigue, and puts before us, I think, what is a really energizing vision of persisting as Christians and persisting in our mission to make disciples among the nations. And if you're a person who this morning needs a cuddle or, you know, a cup of Earl Grey, this might really do it for you. If you're the kind of person who really needs to kick up the pants, equally, this passage might just do that for you as well. As Andrew said, we're in the second last week of our Beyond series, charting the progress of the gospel uh, beyond Jerusalem in Acts chapters 10 to 19, as we consider proclaiming the good news of Jesus in Manly and beyond. Now, the Apostle Paul is in Corinth. We're in Acts chapter 18. His story will impress upon us the need to persevere over time, through opposition, and with friends and so friends today I really hope today is an encouragement to us all to persevere with both the Christian faith and Christian mission over time through opposition and with friends and so the first thing to see is the need to persevere over time and I guess that's what persevere means isn't it you just keep doing what you're meant to be doing over time you don't give up when it gets tricky You press on through all the ups and downs until you achieve your goals, fulfill your purpose, whatever it is, over time. And we see this in the first two words of the passage, which I really hope is open before you. Acts chapter 18, verse 1. Look at it with me now. After this, first two words, after this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. Do you know, friends, every single word of Scripture has got something to teach us. That's why you've got to have your Bibles open. It's, it's a, another habit to get back into as we resume our time in church. Um, I don't want you to just trust me on it. I want you to read it for yourself. So first two words there, Acts chapter 18, verse 1, after this. Significant two words because it shows us that the Apostle Paul didn't give up after a, a really lackluster response to probably his best sermon ever in the Athenian 
Areopagus, which Nathan shared with us last week. Literally the performance of his lifetime and a few people believed. You know, like a, a few polite hand claps is all. Uh, I mean, imagine you've cooked your best, your best dish ever and the food critics say, well, you needed more sauce and you needed more salt. It's a six out of ten. It's very deflating. The Apostle Paul delivers a knockout speech in Athens in Acts 17. Only a few people believe. I don't know if you realise there's no Athenian church. There's no letters to the Athenians like we have letters to the Philippians or the Thessalonians. And yet Acts chapter 18 verse 1, we have after this. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. It's a great picture of perseverance over time, isn't it? Through the ups and downs. And in fact, this whole middle third of the book of Acts is a great picture of perseverance. You know, you have the warm, wholehearted response in places like Antioch and Berea. And then you have the cold indifference in a place like Athens. But after this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. And in fact, if you scan through this passage, you see a number of time markers mentioned from Paul's stay in Corinth. For example, look with me closely at verse 4. Every Sabbath... Paul reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. Every Sabbath he's there in the synagogue, the Jewish gathering place in this pagan city, reasoning with Jews and God-fearing Greeks alike. You see, that is a picture of perseverance, isn't it? Every single Sabbath. They say half of being successful is just turning up and being a better than average. Well, the Apostle Paul is doing that every Sabbath. And you'll remember that's his consistent approach in every town. He first goes to the Jewish synagogue, to his countrymen. Usually doesn't work out well, but he persists. Here in Corinth, he works all week long on his trade as a tent maker so that on the weekend he can persevere without pay, reasoning in the synagogue every Sabbath. And even that phrase, trying to persuade, that you can see there in verse 4, it's written in the imperfect tense which means that he's persevering. It's saying that the job is not yet complete. You'll see another time marker there down in verse 11. Read this one with me as well. So Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half, teaching them the word of God. So it's not a lightning tour here. When he's allowed to stay, he stays. When they're not trying to kill him, he stays. And you can even see another time marker down there in verse 18 where it says Paul stayed on in Corinth for some time. You see, he just keeps going. Well, I didn't bring my space pen with me today, but I do have another story from space for you. In July 2020, so last year, NASA launched a, um, a car-sized rover to the planet Mars to explore the Jezero crater. looks like this. Uh, you can't buy one, by the way. Uh, it successfully landed on Mars in February this year. It has more robust wheels than its predecessor. It has an enhanced heat shield than its predecessor. And it has a robotic arm which is longer and stronger than its predecessor. That's everything I think you would need to negotiate the ups and downs of a Martian crater. Do you know what I think the best bit is? The rover is called Perseverance. Or Percy for short. But you know what I reckon is the even better bit? Perseverance took over from the Curiosity rover. Now it seems to me 
what we'll learn from this is that curiosity can only take you so far, right? You need something that's more robust. You need something that's got a thicker skin. You need something called perseverance that's going to take you over, that's going to take you further through the ups and downs over time. Well, speaking of ups and downs, the second thing we need to see, well, it really is the, the need for perseverance through opposition. And I, I suppose that's what really makes perseverance perseverance, isn't it? Opposition. Otherwise, it's just a long stroll. Well, you can see there's different forms of opposition from today's passage, can't you? So it first emerges in relation to Aquila and Priscilla, husband and wife team of tent makers and also evangelists. They've been expelled from Rome at the order of Emperor Claudius there in verse 2, along with all the other Jews. Now, what's not immediately obvious, but we know this from a Roman historian called Suetonius, is that the Jews were expelled from Rome because the Christians among them were proclaiming Christ, or what Suetonius calls instigating Christ. So it was really gospel proclamation that caused them to get kicked out of Rome. So political opposition, I suppose. Now, there's going to be a really interesting, sweet little end note to that story. But along with kind of the Roman political opposition, there was the usual by now Jewish religious opposition. So Silas and Timothy rejoined the party from Macedonia. I wonder if they brought some financial backing with them because in verse 5, Paul now leaves tent making for a bit, devotes himself full time to speaking, where he testified to Jews that Jesus was the Christ. So to the Athenian philosophers, he quoted Greek poets to support his biblical argument. Here to the Jews, he appeals to their Bible-based longing for a coming Messiah and says, Jesus is he. Again, Jews don't like this message, but it's worth noting the ferocity of the language there in verse 6. They oppose Paul, they abuse him to the point where he kind of dramatically shakes out his clothes so that not even a speck of synagogue dust remains. Your blood be on your own heads. You know, it's so theatrical, isn't it? And then he walks out. And then he sets up shop right next door <laughs> at Justice's house. And Crispus, who's the synagogue ruler, turns to Jesus along with his household. I mean, how cheeky is that? You don't think God's got a sense of humour? <laughs> I reckon he does. But you can see there the Jewish opposition becomes more organised later during Paul's stay in Corinth, during the time of Gallio's administration of the province. So there in verse 12, they make a united attack upon the Apostle Paul and they attempt to show, that, show Gallio that Paul not only contravenes Jewish religion by proclaiming that Jesus is the Messiah, but that in doing so, he broke Roman law because what Paul was doing was really starting a new religion, a so-called religio illicita, a non-authorised religion, which you weren't allowed to do. Gallio is not interested. He says basically, look, you guys sort your own stuff out. And he's not even interested when the next synagogue ruler called Sosthenes, who also became a believer in Jesus, gets beaten up by a mob right in front of him. Well, here's the delightful little end note or postscript to this story. Do you know that Gallio's indifference, I mean, it looks harsh, doesn't it? A guy's getting beaten up right in front of him, he doesn't care. But actually, that's a great triumph for Christian mission because it meant the gospel could be proclaimed in Roman provinces without, it, without fear of it contravening Roman law. 
Uh, basically what it means is that Christianity status became religio licita, a legitimate religion, and that was effectively now imperial policy. And it would remain that way for the next 10 or 12 years until it was brutally reversed under Emperor Nero. It's just a little reminder, isn't it, that, that God was doing his thing all the while. And yet it doesn't take away from the fact that the opposition Paul experienced from the Jews was real, it was abusive, and it was organised. And yet the Apostle Paul persevered through it. So we've seen the need for perseverance over time, through opposition and adversity. And lastly, we notice perseverance with friends. Perseverance with friends. And really, alongside the protective power of God in our lives, it's the presence of friends who give us the courage and the energy to just persevere as Christians. And also with the task of proclaiming the gospel, Christian mission. And you can see that today in, in today's passage with Priscilla and Aquila, uh, the Apostle Paul's fellow tent makers. They stayed together. They worked together. You imagine that they also gospeled together, given what we read about Priscilla and Aquila later in the chapter. And then all the better when Silas and Timothy returned from Macedonia. I imagine they would have had a positive report from the churches there in places like Philippi, Thessalonica, Berea, and perhaps they also brought some financial backing. One commentator even put it like this. Sustained by a new friendship, heartened by the good news Silas and Timothy brought back, Paul triumphed over his weakness. He turned from the dissident synagogue and under the shadow of Roman authority, established the church in the wickedest city, a wickedest of Greek towns. Wow. And you have to wonder whether it really was the friendship of Priscilla, Aquila, Timothy, Silas and the new converts that made it possible to persevere at all, humanly speaking. Many of you will know that I like bicycles, I like bicycle racing, cycling is a sport that's, uh, uh, let's just say it's got its fair share of quirky characters and one of my favourite quirky characters from the world of cycling in recent years is a German guy called Jens Voigt. He looks like this, he always looks like this, you know, mouth open, famous for not having any particular strengths, in fact he described himself as Joe Average with only two talents, eating and pushing on during difficult races. A real kind of um, bike races racer. He didn't pay attention to the scientific data, which is very common in the sport now. He just raced on instinct with heart, you know, one for the purists. But he had this kind of funny um, German matter-of-fact way of speaking about persevering through difficulties that really gave him a cult following. So famously he said this, When my legs hurt, I say, shut up legs. Do what I tell you to do. If it hurts me, it must hurt the other ones twice as much. Every time I race, I race so fiercely, my legs cry. After 120 kilometers, my body says, ooh, ooh, Yenzi, what were you thinking? You're thinking, geez, you butchered a German accent, didn't you, Scott? <laughs> you know, Klaus, I was, I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> when I saw you there, I thought, oh, I can't give this a crack, but then I thought, oh, I have to give it a crack. It's Jens Voigt. <laughs> Less famously, but, uh, but actually um, just as importantly as his mindset was his support base. So bearing in mind all those things, he actually said this, it, it's your parents 
your family, your team, your coaches, they're the ones who will get you to where you are. They'll always be there for you. So you look at Jens Voigt, you listen to those funny quotes, and you think he was this lone ranger, solitary, strong man. But he needed friends, he needed a family, he needed a team around him. We look at the Apostle Paul, and he can seem like a lone ranger, solitary, strong man. But he needed friends, a family, a team around him. Can it be a surprise that if we're going to persevere in the Christian life and in Christian mission, we might need friends and a new family and a team around us? And, you know, I was thinking about this. I reckon this is why singing feels so important to us. You know, like our desire to sing, our, our sense of deprivation when we're not allowed to, it feels disproportionate. But I reckon I know why it's such a big deal when we can't sing because I need you, I need to hear you sing with me. I need that. And I couldn't care less if you can't hold a note. Because if you don't sing, it makes me think, you don't believe this gospel stuff all that much. And that might make me believe this gospel stuff a little less as well. And I'm scared of where that's going to take me. Uh, And so good to be with you here in the building today for people at home. When it's safe for you to return, I'm asking you to return. I want you to sit with me. I want you to sing with glorious and unmelodic and noisy abandon, not just in praise of our wonderful God and his Savior Jesus Christ, but as a battle cry against the gates of hell to say that we are coming armed with the word of God and the grace of Jesus and you will not prevail against us. But I need you to stand with me. I need you to sing with all your heart and vigor because that helps me to persevere. And look, I, I think, um, I mean, it's not just singing, right? It's our whole congregational gathering. But, but it's more than that as well. It's whenever we gather in smaller groups, uh, we just recognize that those groups, whatever they might look like, whatever shape they, they take, they're going to be keen little vessels of perseverance, aren't they? Little engines that could. You know, when uh, they do studies on these sorts of things, they find that people in small groups read their Bibles more, not just in Sundays or in group time. They pray more, not just on Sundays or in group time. And they even share their faith more than people who are not in groups. Interesting, isn't it? But it makes sense to me because in groups, smaller groups, you learn to talk about your faith don't you in fact you practice talking about spiritual things you get better at it you get comfortable sharing about what God might be doing in your life you know on Sundays you just listen to me talk about it but in groups you learn to listen to one another and to push and to probe and to inquire and to answer and so being in a group is going to help you persevere as a Christian but I think it'll also help you in your Christian witness so I do want to say even though it's late in November get in a group and go to a group and certainly um, when next year opens up get back into it as well now before we finish I want to give uh, a final encouragement to persevere and we see this in both a movement of God and a word from above so after the drama of Paul's exit from the synagogue you know the shaking is the dust from his robes and the your blood be on your own heads, theatrics. 
the move next door to justice's place, there's another move. But this one is a move from God. Read with me verse 8. Crispus, what a great name. Crispus, the synagogue leader, and his entire household believed in the Lord. Many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptized. He asked the question, why persevere in Christian life and in Christian mission? Well, partly because God is going to do what he wills through your work. It, it might be with a, a meager return from your efforts, like it was in Athens, at least initially. Although, as Nathan said last week, God continues to do mighty things through Paul's seminal speech there to this very day. Or it might be with a more substantial outcome, like it was for Paul here in Corinth. You know, a town famous for its greed and pride for its worship of Poseidon, the god of the sea, and the visitation of prostitutes. And so Crispus, the leader of the synagogue from which Paul has just been ejected, turns to Jesus, and many in the town turn from Poseidon and prostitutes to belief and are baptized. When we persevere in our belief and in our witness, both individually and as a gathered community, God does his thing, and people turn to the Lord. Well, in fact, it is the Lord Jesus himself who appears to Paul in a vision in verse 9 to confirm this all. You'll, of course, remember that, that Jesus first appeared to the Paul before he was a believer in Acts chapter 9 in a vision and said, Stop! Stop persecuting my people! Here in Acts chapter 18, Jesus again appears in a vision but says, Keep going. Keep on speaking. My people need to hear your words. Even though they don't yet know themselves, they are my people. I'm with you, Paul, verse 10. No one will harm you. It's not a universal guarantee, of course. But I am with you. No one will harm you. I have many people in this city. Do not be afraid. Do not be silent. Do not give up. Brothers and sisters, I think this is a great passage for us today, especially if you feel tired, you know, especially if you ever find yourself daydreaming about living an unexamined and self-absorbed life. Because the witness of the Apostle Paul in Corinth and the working of Jesus through him is just an energizing reminder of our need to persevere. Of course, it's a long haul that requires us to press on over time through ups and downs as well as through opposition. But surely it remains true by the coast here in Manly or in the west in Marsden Park that God is with us, plural, that there are many of his people in this city, many of whom who may not even know it yet, and that he wants us to keep going, to not be afraid, to not be silent, and to not give up. Let's pray for his help to do that right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do ask for your assistance whenever we feel tired, whenever we feel resigned, fatigued by being just being a Christian and certainly by Christian mission. Would you give us what we need to persevere? An energizing vision of what you're doing through our feeble efforts and just the courage to not be afraid, to not be silent and to not give up.
For Jesus' sake, we pray these things. Amen.
I'm glad you're still standing. That's what I was going to suggest you do, because we are just about to wrap up. Uh, what a great hymn to finish with uh, this morning. Um, weariness, um, persevering through opposition and difficulty. Uh, these are the things we've been thinking about this morning. And we've considered the inspiring example of the Apostle Paul and how much difference his friends and their support made. And so it's been wonderful to gather together as God's people this morning. But ultimately where we find our strength is in God himself. So as we close our service, uh, Coast, do we have the words of Jude? Yes. Can we say these together? God will keep us, and so we want all glory to come to him. That's why we persevere. Let's uh, say this together. To him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Saviour, be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forever. Amen.